listeners. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Tom. And I'm Elliot. And we are Dickwick. And that is Do You Queer? What? I? <laughs> queer. And we're trying to work <laughs> on the leg. We were, tr- we were trying to like sound more professional and succinct this time, and it just ended up being a garbage fire, which I think is so on brand. It's a lesson for us, I think, just to maybe not try. <laughs> I think so, too. Tom, how are you doing? I'm all right. Here we are in quarantine. Yeah. You know, day 3,782. It is in and the 40s. Making, yeah, we're making things work. Are you making things work? Do you feel like things are working? In this exact moment, I'd say yes. I had a productive day at work, quotation marks. And um, I don't know. I guess that's all we can really ask for. It's sunny. The weather's starting to get a little better. So spring has sprung motherfuckers okay you are way more positive now than you are in the episode that people are about to hear which i love that's oh dear that's some positive growth uh we can feel a bit better about laughing at how bleak you are so that's great (laughs) okay well why don't we just jump right in because the listeners doesn't want don't want to hear us banter like banshees do you have can you lead us into this segment Elliot? yeah yeah i actually just have an update so um everyone is about to hear from michael who um talks at length about uh, the pink dollar and kind of the intersection of capitalism and equality and branding and ad agencies and their role in um, either capitalizing on or kind of forwarding inclusion, um, especially queer inclusion. So it's a really interesting episode. I'm really, really excited for everyone to hear it. And since um, coronavirus has happened and since Pride Toronto was canceled, just like every other Pride, um, Michael has since inboxed me and said that he's heard that six to seven major donors donors slash corporations are actually trying to get their sponsorship refunds back since Pride TO was canceled, which is just something interesting because we talk a lot about, you know, walking the walk on top of actually yeah. giving the money. And, and that obviously doesn't show that. That's so funny that we have like clear, specific uh, examples of that. Well, exactly. I want to know, I want to know who it is that, that wants to withdraw funding, mainly because I don't want to support them anymore. Me too. And I tried to, I mean, I tried to look into it and it's obviously not like easy to find online, but I'm going to keep doing research on that. I, I strongly suggest everyone looks into that as well. Um, but I am wondering, cause I think that was before Pride TO announced it's like online pride. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. Um, yeah. So I think they're doing like a, a full day of kind of back to back, um, live and recorded performances that you can like, like watch through your phone or your screen or whatever. Um, so I actually wonder how that's going to affect advertising and and this whole thing but that's something to keep an eye on for sure yes yes definitely um this episode was was great michael's so intelligent usually when intelligent people come on i just sit in awe and i assume this is no different you have a lot of good points but you are you are awestruck and it's great (laughs) okay cool i do the opposite thing where i lean in and then i say things that i immensely regret later because i'm like oh i actually don't know what i was talking about i'm not sure why i didn't stay quiet (laughs) That would have been great. At least we have flavors that we stick to. Yeah, Yeah, that's true, actually. We're consistent in our inconsistency. (laughs) I guess without further a queer, we can just just lead right up into this episode. And everyone's about to hear from wonderful Michael. Let's do it, you stinky pig daddy. Elliot. Hi, Thomas. Oh, hey. What's up? Not a whole lot. Hey, girls. Hey. Guess what? What? We're sitting here with the magnificent, marvelous, and majestic Michael. Mrs. Maisel? Oh. Miss, sorry. Yeah. Um, now they're upset, but it's Michael. Michael Maisel. Michael, hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How's it going? I'm good. Michael, thanks for joining us on the pod tonight. Yes. It's a real delight. A treat. A frozen little treaty delight. I feel like we've been in... Um, a similar circle for a while now. It's nice to finally spend some time with you. Some time in well-lit places. In well... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> read into that or don't read into that? Because I read into that. I love to read into things. <laughs> I love to be a part of jokes. I don't understand. <laughs> Michael. Yes. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Why are you here? Oh, I am just your regular gay. Oh, okay. Well, regular Toronto gay. They should no. have voices as well. <laughs> um, no, I am an integrated producer. I work in an ad agency, and I have worked in an ad agency for the better part of four and a half years, five years now. Um, before that, I was an editor, and I worked a lot on like what you would say, quote unquote, thought leadership, and like 
like thought like t-h-o-t absolutely like <laughs> yeah. figuring out which ones yeah, can yeah, lead yeah. It. okay great a lot of very beautiful men and women were hitting me up asking for advice and opinions no 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 um so like working with people who worked at a lot of professors a lot of academics um a lot of people who led think tanks and stuff and basically we would kind of sit with them or call them and work on getting their opinions their brilliant thoughts out into the world um yeah so i did that for a while and then i became a producer yeah that's really exciting so now you're producer at an ad so basically what that means because a lot of times people are like i don't understand what that means if you say if you say producer like tv producer like okay you work that's right we call jesse our producer and he does shit all literally he actually makes it harder to do our job is that what you do too uh (laughs) a lot of creatives would say yes if we could call (laughs) some up i have some on speed bell right now they say yes um but basically like we are kind of pseudo project managers kind of people managers mm. and ultimately just want to get stuff done get stuff i thought out. you were gonna say get stuffed which get stuffed. No, same ultimately no. yeah oh yeah okay um yeah so we basically like the our job is to get shit done like we are i like to say we're like time travelers because we're working in the present to try to solve problems in the future so this is Jesse's absolute skill set too that Tom and I lack in spades. <laughs> lack hugely. Like hugely you, yes, lack. I saw. I could see that. Yeah, we hugely have a lack. we have a black hole of like everything that. Has I just to want be. to be creative and do whatever's on my mind at this exact moment, and it's just all gonna work. We can just make it all happen. Yeah, we'll make it work. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Jesse's like order structure. Yeah. Yeah. let's do this. Let's, let's get rid of Jesse and have. Michael's the new Jesse. Pass it on. Jesse, can you write down that Michael's the new Jesse? Jesse, write that down faster. Oh my god, I'm so irritated. Michael, I'm so glad you're here. Now we do as you know, we open every episode yes, talking excited. about our color, how we're feeling today. Very excited to finally ask um, this question. Would you like to go first, one of you, or would you like me to? I'll go first. Okay. Um my color today is a fucking blinding hot pink, but like hot leather pink. Like oh, it's I'm like jealous. Shiny, it's iridescent. PVC pink. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love Thank that. you. Yeah. Also, every time I see PVC, I want to bite it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, feel it between my teeth. It's chewable. It's it? tactile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, so, so sorry. I don't know what that means. PVC is like the f- like fake leather kind of like plasticky. Oh, I'm sure, like, you, I'm sure um, you've seen some videos on a certain site. Yeah. Like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> read into that. Don't read into that. It's up to everyone. Site. No, no. In person. <laughs> I just wasn't sure what it was called. You know what I mean? Like, like Britney Spears and Oops, I Did It Again. Did I just age myself? Yeah, no, 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 yeah. That's that's red PVC. Okay. But, yes. like, basically, he's saying, like, a... A pink, a hot pink. pink one. So, I'm the hottest pink version of that, because um, last night it was my friend's birthday, and I did a full, like, hot pink birthday photo shoot, and then just today I've been feeling very, like, just, like, pussy, poppin' pink. That's great. You're yeah, the only yeah, person yeah, yeah, who yeah, does yeah. photo shoots Juicy. for every fucking... Listen, I'm just a gal about Festive. town. So Are you? I don't in your know. apartment. In my apartment. When's I actually about, about town in your apartment. Literally never leave home. I'm um, Tom, what's your color? Um my color is like a zebra print. Does that count? It's yes. just like is he allowed to say that? Black and white. It's really fucking boring. Like it's like looking at a wall and bashing my head against a wall, just a plain white wall with words on it. Oh my god. And like hopefully the bashing will just like make me fall unconscious soon wait can i just recap so your color is, is zebra, bashing myself on a white wall with writing on it with like zebra print writing on it what are the words saying uh they're just math formulas oh, okay okay have you seen a serious man <laughs> yes yeah, yeah it's yeah. very that yeah oh, you're right okay i'm gonna take that and run with it it's also very alarming and i'm very concerned <laughs> for you are you fine? okay listen no it is Listeners, specific. we're gonna take like, a pause it, it's, very it's quickly an we'll obvious metaphor <laughs> I'm taking a math course right now, and it is so utterly fucking boring. It's all about pedagogy. So I've been doing it for the last 48 hours straight. And yeah. Um, that's so boring. I completely stopped listening to you, and I actually don't know what you just said. Um, so I'm going to head out. Yeah, why don't you just put your head yeah, through a this wall, this is the actually. end of us. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. I'll write on it. You smash your head into it. Michael, what's your color? My color is definitely a deep, deep velvety purple um, I saw a portrait of a lady on fire yesterday mm-hmm. and it was very vivid in color, very stark and austere, but also I just feel like I'm leaning into this like emotion of feeling more emotions in a kind of, not a brooding way, but in like a brooding way. Oh, I love that for you. I want to feel more emotions too. Tom, yeah. if you felt more emotions, the world would explode. No, you just told us. And yeah, no, 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 no. You you're, you, yes, out. Michael, yeah. I love that for you, Tom. I feel I'm like I'm, tr- I'm scared. Okay, Mercury's Mercury's in retrograde. It's not Pisces fault. season. Just Pisces is... season started today, although not for the listeners. True, yeah. we don't know when this will come out. Anyway, but uh, listeners, you do know the Pisces season is 
Well, they'll know. They'll mo- they know more than You're we do. You're going through it. Yeah. And just our energy, I'm sure they've already known it's Pisces season. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a deep velvety purple. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for that. That's really nice. I'm really jealous of both your colors. I wish I could be in either one of them. Our colors are very great together, um, Michael. So. Actually, yeah. yeah. It's a drag race outfit somewhere. Yeah. Sometimes. Cool. I love being part of this club. Okay. So <laughs> our <laughs> season four question. Yes. Thank you. As you know, is... Um, can you tell us a bit about your uh, your hope for a queer future? Yeah, I was thinking about this today a bit, and I was thinking, like, what does the future mean, like, way off in five years? What does it mean? And I see a future, I guess, closer to now for me. And I think it just means for me more people being able to express themselves unapologetically, regardless of how they think that they will be interpreted by the straight majority of our society i really i i kind of don't agree with this notion that we have equality right now i think it's very easily something that we as a community take for granted and you never know what could happen i mean you have to only look what's been going on in the u.s for the last four years Mm -hmm. yeah it's coming up because the midterm elections coming up right so that and it's just not I don't think we can take for granted the position that we find ourselves in today. And I think it's kind of a, a, a fallacy that we're in such a position of safety. Um, yeah. And I just think that the future has to be continuing to speak out for those who are most marginalized in our community in a consistent and constant way. Snaps for that. Snaps so for that's sure. what like I see this year in 2020 and 2021, especially in uh, North America mm-hmm. being about. I'm really good at transitions, so I'm just wondering. Wait, no, before you transition, I just want to say. Oh, my for, God. For listeners, I'm going to stop your clunky transition even clunkier. But Trina. when you say we, it's important because people that can't see us, we're three cis white gay yeah. men, right? So, yeah. like, the we taking for granted, that's, like, the G of, yeah. right, the LGBTQ. Tom, that was just visual aid corner. Can you continue with your clunky transition? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I agree, and I love that. Ho- I also have that hope for the future, and I'm wondering how advertising might play a part in that <laughs> what a clever transition uh that's a more difficult question uh how does advertising I, and i didn't mean to ask you that i sort of you know meant to throw it open um, yeah like based on your expertise like tell us how expertise. capitalism intersects with equality oh boy right it does in very complicated muddy and unclear ways mm-hmm. and there's no holistic way to just go about and say that pink dollars so to speak can you explain that for listeners? so pink dollars i guess from from my perspective coming from i guess the other side of that term is mm-hmm. uh corporations companies agencies uh using dollars that or money that they have for campaigns messaging communications that target um the lgbtq community or use the lgbtq community as part of their brand or their you know product platform in any way mm-hmm. that's what it means to me i don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have yeah i know that's, that's yeah exactly we read today that um we're worth 835 billion dollars yeah b with yeah. a b yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. right so billion. like it's very easy just to i think moralize one way and say that these companies have no place and no space in the community i mean on the way over here like there's so much there's so much uh, visual identity around brands and the community already in Toronto's yeah. village yeah. Um, that you kind of forget about that. And that's, I think that's complex in many cities across North America mm-hmm. and around the world too. So you're, we're already kind of living in that in a constant way because the businesses that choose to set up shop, whether because of financial means or because of necessity, have already been kind of, um, not I won't say exploiting, but have already kind of been in that space of merging the idea of community and, and, and business together exactly. in a consistent way. And I think it's interesting when you talk about our buying, like our buying power as a queer community, um, that like that only further marginalizes people that can't buy into that, right? Yeah, the people that, the people that aren't seen as profitable or marketable. And like, we've seen this even with whatever, like in the seventies, like the push for equality, it was gay, cis white men that got a seat at the table in yeah. whatever way, shape or form, then just literally turned around and stopped fighting for people. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's that acronym like dink double income no kids and mm-hmm. people love gay couples but like gay cis couples that are strictly within a binary you know right and who are white yes exactly yeah so but like at the same time does it have the power to transform that you know I think that's like the that's the big 
the really big question. I mean, to, to take it a little bit backwards, I think you have to think about where we've come as a community versus other groups that also the industry and that media uh, not agitates for, but endeavors to put um, in the spotlight more mm-hmm. in terms of inclusivity. People with disabilities, um, racialized people. You have to think we're currently in, in Black History Month in February, right? Mm-hmm. At the time of recording. Uh, and we're basically almost through the month. And the amount of ads, communications, whatever that I've seen this month does not pale in compa- it pales in comparison rather to what I saw last year in Pride. In right. Pride Month. In Pride, like, yes. And yes. so we have to ask why right, that is. Right, right. Like, yes. We have to ask fundamental questions about why do companies, why do corporations, why is it more profitable or mm-hmm. why do they spend more money mm-hmm. on average in Pride Month than Black History Month? Right. I remember going to school and being taught about Black History Month in middle school and primary school. Mm-hmm. We never had a Pride Month at school and mm-hmm. i don't yeah. even think they i don't know if they do now do they uh yeah they actually, do yeah oh, okay so that's beautiful yeah. yeah but my point more is more that that's something that people of our generation have known about for a while and to look at the exponential growth of pride month from a business and a marketing perspective in a exceptionally short period of time versus something like last history month speaks volumes yeah definitely do you know what i mean definitely because it's just it's crazy well and you've got me thinking too like uh, i think a lot of that is because with this push for like quote-unquote inclusivity and like queerness becoming more in fashion these Mm -hmm. days when pride rolls around it's it's things that are rainbow colored. It's things you can actually consume. It's things yeah. that you can consume to either feel a part of the identity or to feel like an ally. But like, well, A, it gets, it's not queer anymore, right? If everyone's buying the same thing to be queer. Yeah. And at the same time, it's it makes people believe, I think, in a way that all you actually need to do is to purchase the thing. Yeah, to buy in, to support. Exactly. Yeah, like to get a pin to support. And, exactly. And I think that we, you, you, we all know in this room that it's more in your actions on a daily basis what you do and how you act that makes you, I th- would say, inherently queer right. or not. Well, and the fuck thing is corporations aren't going to try and sell you something because you're not going to be black if you buy it. Like for them, that's a profit loss, mm-hmm. right? Which is really fucked up when it should be. Right. It, it, just, it shows the bald lie behind the pink dollar actually being about inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Right? right. It's right. literally just about generating profit. And yeah. So I would say. But on, the, on the flip side, to play devil's advocate. Yeah, please. Because... There's always that. There's always the kind of the logic and thinking that, well, without these funds, without these dollars, these stories, these visuals don't exist. Hundred percent. So, like, think about like, you know, people. Tyler Perry just opened up a studio, or not just opened up, but has opened up a studio in Atlanta, Georgia, right? And they're basically going to produce Black Hollywood, right? They're going to fund have the infrastructure not just the not just on the talent end but on the production end Mm. on the licensing end on the legal end like they are fully integrating something that's been sorely lacking that hollywood frankly just hasn't done a good job of being able to do itself right and i think a lot of what we've seen on twitter and other social media is that people saying that there isn't that expertise because those people that need to have to seat at those at the table don't yeah so they've kind of through capitalist means tyler perry and I'm not saying it's going to fix everything, but yeah, yeah. that's one small step of taking outside of the control of a system that's traditionally disappointed you yeah, definitely. and making your own way. So <clears throat> there is something to be said that w- without those dollars, those kind of visuals don't get made. I know we, we all grow up when I didn't see a lot of gay characters on television shows mm-hmm. or out television, you know, characters on television shows. But now there's a way broader spectrum of characters shows that show queer storylines and not just in a tragic way, in a beautiful way and in a way that's aspirational. Um, Not that it's like queer specifically, but sex education. I just kind of finished watching that again. And like, I was, you know, people I have conversations with that are like, I can't, I can't believe that we didn't have the show growing up. Do you know what it it would mean? Mm -hmm. Even as a straight person to have this kind of show growing up. And it's like those kinds of moments for the queer community too, they exist in media. And so, on this flip side of that, you kind of have to ask like, well, without those dollars, those visuals wouldn't happen. So is there something to take, is there something to take the place of that? And if there isn't, then that's kind of an unfortunate reality. And I'm sure we're going into this now, but is the question then about, um, what is being represented? Like if it's just a picture of them and they're not the ones at the table, they're not the ones making the decisions. Does it become tokenism? I guess is the question. So, I'm sure that that you have something. Yeah, to and about. I think that the for me, it's kind of 
regardless of how people would like to separate queerness and marginalized experiences, whatever they are, from capitalism, mm-hmm. that's not the world we live in, candidly mm-hmm. and frankly. Like, as much as we would right. like to live outside of that and we t- try to have small acts of defiance in that in our daily lives, it's a system that's been engineered socially, politically, economically to keep people, you know, coming back. So yeah. it's difficult to just say, like, oh, well, I don't believe that. No, you for know. sure. And like your question is like, what is outside of it? I think like there's there's a way in which so this professor just came to speak to our class and she was like, I want to make a distinction between when people say the word queer mm-hmm. sometimes. And this is her words. Um, she was like, sometimes it basically just means like gay and lesbian, but trendy, mm-hmm. like these right. identities that exist in a normative way, but make it trendy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for her, queerness is it looks at the way that because she's a law professor, specifically law polices normativity and polices mm-hmm. the possibility for non-normative sexuality right. and normative sexuality. So when you have brand putting power and putting capital behind identities, the question is, is there space for fluidity? And are these just going to become crystallized as the only normative exactly. expressions, yeah. right? And like, yeah. like Michael, you'd sent over some information for Tom and I to brief up on what one of the articles was saying is the issue is like, we see queerness celebrated within the gender binary still. Yep. So like non-normativity still doesn't have room to breathe, you know? So it's like the issue is just what we're being reflected, what's being reflected back to us, I think. And to further that, to like even hammer that point home from like a semiotic, like in a way of like just seeing things, you only get that communication, that message for if it's a long form, it's a minute, 30 second bumper ads on YouTube are six seconds. Yeah. You only get that for that finite amount of time and then it's gone from you. So you only see that and you only see that message. Unless you're seeing like, unless there's multiple vignettes or like little stories of a campaign in total that are showing different perspectives, like unless they've really gone to that, um, unless that's what was sold, was briefed and what was produced, unless they're getting that kind of holistic thing, you're right, you're only getting that one specific view Hmm. of queerness and whether we like it or not, where people are pretty impressionable. A lot of people like to think that advertising doesn't really affect them and stuff. But I think, and I think many people of our generation can remember very specific ads when they were growing up as kids mm-hmm. too, sure. um, that you can recall and you're like, Oh, who, whatever happened to that? I remember sure, that. Sure. And that's the power that's not insidious, but that's how strong and lasting yeah. these things can be because you're bombarded with them. And that hasn't changed really you know, just because a new generation of kids are on Snapchat or Instagram or YouTube and they aren't watching TV. TikTok. Oh, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's influencers, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. an influencer partnering with and, and people. What makes it even murkier, too, is the influencer culture and people within our community partnering with brands that otherwise in, you know, five, ten years ago would have just made a, a poster, would have just done a radio ad or TV ad. Right. So here's the issue also that we're getting at is like the company can't can't put a public image out that celebrates queerness and then turn around and not actually fund or be an ally or Absolutely. or have internal right. politics that support it. Like Absolutely. walk the walk. You right? need to I yeah. I believe and this is something that I've had conversations with about at agencies. Um so at my agency we have a uh like many agencies, we have a um kind of creative detox every two to three weeks where the you know friday or thursday um people will get together with drinks food and they'll share work just in the industry that they really like or really don't like um about a month into working i decided to do one on lgbtq representation advertising in canada specifically oh cool um and so basically like i showed them ads of great campaigns that i it wasn't well there wasn't a lot of campaigns i didn't like but a lot of campaigns that were done here in canada that celebrated uh, identity, um, the LGBTQ community in Canada. And uh, what I was really trying to impart or talk about while showing people at the agency the ads was that if you're going to spend dollars and client and the clients aren't going to be very open to this because it's additional, but if you're going to spend dollars to make something that's going to sell something for someone, you should, I think because it's a community that hasn't traditionally been represented and also hasn't traditionally um, been catered to in any way, just in the commerce side, you need to back it up with dollars too. You need to make one-to-one, I think, donations. And so to me, and and, and people are like, that's a lot, obviously. But to me, that's something as simple as, do you know how many brands do stuff just for pride? You know, like it's a a cereal brand and they put their already great and, and visually colorful cereal brand 
on a pride flag background or yeah. there is a very famous uh confectionery brand that has a rainbow campaign do you remember that yeah do you remember yeah. taste the rainbow mm-hmm. yeah so stuff like that it's that's so easy to just make into a campaign exactly but what if you took the dollars away from doing that for pride month and yes. you gave the money to an organization in your community mm-hmm. where that was being worked on or because you, for me a consumer i don't know i don't know that i don't know anything yeah. right i don't know where the dollars are going yeah. exactly <clears throat> so therein lies the i guess the problem or yeah, instead gonna... of like even you don't even want to spend money if you're a great company that has a lot of creative uh firepower donate some of your staff's time to a local organization yeah. or you know if you whatever your competitive advantage is whatever your product is yeah. there's ways to make that work in your local community that for people that would need it well then of course because like if if that's in lieu of advertising let's say in this in this one case of this i mean they would still people brand. would still like you know but if they're going to film it, they're yes. going to put it online. They're yeah. going to make yeah. sure that people know that that's happening. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Which if you're going to play the game, that's a better way to play it. Like I, I get behind what you're saying in that yeah. instance, right? And it's also just, I think I went to World Pride in New York last year and I visually cannot remember seeing any time in my life more physical digital advertising walking in New York than I had mm. there. And to also get... It's very Pride visually, advertising? yeah, like okay. it's very not just like any advertising in my entire oh, life. Yeah, okay, like, yeah. so it's very visually arresting to be confronted by like blocks and blocks of the same color scheme, consistent. Like, imagine yeah. seeing like only like RBC colors for four blocks mm-hmm. or Coca Cola colors on the uh, on the sidewalk, yep. wrapped around a light pole yep. across buildings. Well, and it's like so- it would just be it would be a lot. You know, mm-hmm. it's so fucking frustrating and it must be frustrating. I can't speak from my own positionality, but like the vast majority of the queer community is marginalized, is economically marginalized, mm-hmm. is socially marginalized, politically, etc. lives on the margins. And so that shit is literally not for them. That shit is for right. people like us with any sort of buying power for for families of people that are straight and hetero to feel like they're doing something good to like just buy something rainbow like it's I don't know I I can see how it is positive and I can see that like representation is really important and it's consciousness raising for society to understand that queer people exist and etc cetera, mm-hmm. etc cetera. but like you would feel sick to your stomach to be a queer person at pride and walk down the street and see things advertised that you literally yeah. can't afford because you can't afford yeah. to pay rent right. and you can't afford yeah. to eat your fucking like right. and to that you point know? too you know to double down we have certain protections in Canada and in Toronto, but imagine that you are in a state in the United States where you don't have those protections and you are able to be discriminated against yep. based on your sexuality. Yeah. On top of that, yeah. that's right. a really like that's a, a very visceral and I would say almost like psychologically violent thing to have to put on someone. Absolutely. And that's just like that's that's a, that's just one person's experience a one day of yeah. the rest of the three hundred and sixty five days a year that they have to go through. You know? Well, okay, and then so what I'm hearing in this, like, so that same professor I was talking about, her name's Brenda <coughs> Bless you. Her name's Brenda Cosman. So but what she was saying essentially too is like there is a way to work from within a system and to also change the system. You can do mm-hmm. contradictory work. Mm-hmm. Like so you in advertising, like you can get behind like the pink doll and you can get behind like queer marketing, while at the same time, like you like you pitch to your company or whatever, like push for kind of an anti capitalist or even just queerer narrative while doing the recruitment side. Like, we should be able to hold contradictory states in our politics, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, it, it kind of speaks to, like, a broader concept or notion of, like, moral purity of either people or things are inherently good yeah. and things are either inherently bad, exactly. right? And that's it's kind of moral, moral relativism, right? Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. we all know that that doesn't exist because everyone sitting in this room, we've done things that we're not proud of and there are also things that we think that we love about ourselves that are very good. So yeah. it's it's... In the, in the, in to translate that to advertising and LGBTQ and gay representation in advertising, I do think that there's a very base benefit in kids who could be questioning or people who don't know anything about the community seeing that representation in a very base way. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it, absolutely. And that feeds back into what I'm saying about you. We all have moments of that have been psychologically ingrained in us that we remember ads from our childhood. So on that same wavelength, in that same vein, I think that base message is good. Yes. I just think that there needs to be on top, more on top of that. And I think expectations based on what I mentioned and the trajectory for how Pride Month and Pride itself has been 
uh, commoditized, let's say, yeah. is greater to. Yeah. So I think that that's the very least you have to do. For sure, because like the, the issue is that in capitalism, the point is to generate capital. The point isn't to raise awareness. That just happens to be a positive side effect. No, it's but that's because, not it's, actually because it's beneficial right. and because it's part of a strategy. Exactly. When, when you have campaigns, um, there's a strategy behind them. So before any creative is developed, before anything goes into production, before anything is shipped out to media vendors or is put up on billboards around the city or, you know, is fed to your phone via an app, Mm -hmm. there's a strategy behind that that clients have to fundamentally sign off on and agree to. And yeah, that can change during the course of the execution and the course of making a campaign, but fundamentally there's an understanding that this is what we're doing and this is the desired result we would like to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, campaigns don't always work in, right. in, in any way, right? But there's an intent. An intent is important to understand. Yeah, of course. So you're right. The, the awareness is a byproduct of the intent, which is to say that's profitable. Right, exactly. And if it's not... It's not going to happen. So, I mean, huh. then you get into, I know, and that's that's on a very large scale, right? Because there are huge multinational corporations that have the budget consistently to be present in Pride Month. Mm-hmm. And and that's really what I'm discussing in that sense. There's other companies, other organizations that are social enterprises that, you know, kind of have a, what what's the word? What are they called? Where they're... Um, corporate social responsibility. Like they have, but that's like a deep part of their like mission. So it's like not not even Patagonia level, but like they only make 50% profit because they donate the rest of it to right. whatever cause or charities related to the product they make, you know? Yeah. So there's, corp- there's companies like that and stuff that because their operating model seems a little bit more in line with the intent of what they're trying to do, whether that happens to be environmentalism or gender and equity inclusion in the workplace, what have you. I think the expectations are a little different. For sure. If yeah. that makes sense. It does make sense. I think it's mm-hmm. relative. I think you have to you have to grade companies and organizations relative to the position of power and influence that they have within our marketplace mm-hmm. and within the community. This is really fascinating. And just to even like take a step You're back. You're so smart, Michael. Oh my God. <laughs> no. Such an expert. No. So fucking smart. School these faggots. <laughs> I think it's important even just as a takeaway for listeners and for you and I, Tom, like do the research. Like do like, I mean, everyone does know this, that like our buying power as individuals is what gives us capital in this system or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like we're, spe- we're all speaking on kind of a very, grand theoretical level but mm-hmm. but everything you're saying literally affects us every day and we're inundated with it every day mm-hmm. so it just takes like that switch to flip of awareness of like the effect right i can't remember if our guest sarah said this on the air or not but she has that app on her phone that she can scan products <gasps> and see like their history their spending and like what they support and what they don't support yeah and so she like in the store chooses yeah. what to buy and what not to buy, which is fascinating. So important, and yeah. it's such a it's, it's in the U.S. Day. I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, if that and in frankly, like in the it, but that's more relevant in the U.S. too because their advertising standards and guidelines are not as serious or is not as I wouldn't say rigorous. That's not fair, but they're very different than ours. So there's a lot of different legal requirements for what you can and can't say in Canada. Mm-hmm. What is what you can and can't show on television in ads. Right. It's governed by a body. I can't remember the body right now, but I've actually just come from dealing with it a month ago. <laughs> You're just blocking um, it out because it's standards. But, but basically like no, it's I don't think it's uh, I can't remember, but there's a there's a different expectation, right? So in the US, which has much looser let's say consumer protection laws Mm. that's a great hack that's a great thing to be educated and to be informed in making actual buying power decisions on Mm -hmm. the spot yeah right so Uh, this is on a much smaller scale but i had a i have a coworker. she's a woman of color and uh she went to this conference one time and she wasn't involved in producing the conference mm-hmm. and she only went one time to this conference and to participate in it and someone had snapped a photo of her and now she's all over their advertising she's like on their website she's on their ads and so she like is like, so upset about it that's that would be called owned media because it's something that they're putting out and the third party's not putting out for them but yeah, uh, I would assume that a lot of times, you know, when you go to events, uh, when you even when even companies and brands do uh, experiential activations where there's like something happening at Young and Dundas Square or a major city square and there's they're 
there's some way for people to interact with a product or an experience, not even a product. There's always signs that say you by by being here, by being here, you you forfeit. It doesn't say forfeit, but yeah. you the rights to your own image. Yeah, I've your had. image rights are able to be used, and you can appeal this. You could sue, and right. I think that there's an expectation maybe that it would be. I don't know. I but really who's going to go through the hassle? Of but no exactly. So that's, that's a real. Not that's, in the nonprofit. That's world. a real. Exactly. You know, that's an issue. Yeah. I I will say, uh, kind of shifting gears, in Canada, especially. We're known internationally on the kind of international ad circuit. So there's this thing called Cannes Lions, which similar to the film festival in France, it's kind of like the Oscars, the Cannes for advertising. It happens same, same location. They use all the same like stages and everything. They just do it at a different time of the year. So that's really it's, so it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an awards town. That's all it mm-hmm. exists for, and rich people. Um, and so. Canada Let's go has find some daddies there, yeah. That's absolutely. Yeah. We walk really cute dogs. Oh, I love walking cute dogs. Until the Ritz. someone just picks us up and fucks you us. Have... Sorry, Michael, go ahead. No, 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 no. I want to have, I want to have, uh, what's a vodka and grapefruit juice? Um, wow, I should be Oh my God, we um, worked. A greyhound. A greyhound. I want to yeah. have greyhounds in the Ritz yeah. at the cans. That'd be beautiful. I'd say that for you. While walking a greyhound outside that. to find a daddy. I love A greyhound in one hand and a greyhound in the other. It's the only way I need to live and from now on. And we're not taking a greyhound bus anywhere. We're flying. <laughs> no, no, last time I took a greyhound bus, it broke down on the side of the highway. So <sighs> That represents you pretty well, though. I know. I loved every <laughs> second of it, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, no, no, no. Cannes Advertising Fest. It's a long way to say that Canada and the agencies in Canada have a pretty good track record of doing NGO work and doing community-based work anyway, mm-hmm. um, regardless of for what cause. But there's quite a number of agencies who have worked with LGBTQ organizations. There was an agency in Quebec called Sidley who did a campaign um, for HIV and blood transfusions um, to raise awareness, but gay men still can't donate uh, blood. Um, it was very like playful, but very informative and very interesting. Um, I know some individuals here in Toronto who are helping work with local communities to kind of <clears throat> polish up, let's say, their communications. Not even just like in an ad way, but like in a how do you make your message clearer and more accessible to your audience? And using some of these skills that people in advertising and PR and communications have learned to help communities that are the real that you know the knowledgeable experts on these things Hmm. better deliver the services that they need to do interesting because i think fundamentally if you're going to give back and if you're going to give back to the community it should be to help the people that really are the ones with the knowledge to do that because that's that's not my knowledge i'm not a a a community activist so to say i'm not um i don't work in an ngo but i know people who live and breathe that stuff Mm -hmm. and if i can use my skills in a way that helps them do their job better that's all i can really hope for right i mean and this whole thing is just a long interview for you to replace jesse's position (laughs) and with the last thing you said it's i think we're good we're pretty it's pretty clear yeah 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 yeah. i mean i had a good feeling about it from the second you walked in but Uh, honestly this is how most of my interviews go yeah Yeah, it's just me ranting for 45 minutes about ads and they're like like, do you want a job okay good preferred the donkey so that sounds hot it doesn't say much about michael but would you have left jesse in the cage at your other interviews though if it's just like this or like do do you think that he should be let out jesse can come out okay what i don't know that's a tick against him in this interview we'll have to give him some sunglasses because he hasn't seen the sun in a really long time so (laughs) it might be really difficult um, What's it called when your body starts turning orange or yellow? Oh, jaundice. 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 <laughs> I was cooking with turmeric today and touched my face, and I thought I had jaundice <laughs> for a few hours. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a jaundice pun, but it didn't come. Oh, no. Uh, like many things no, in life. No, we're going to move on. We're gone. <clears throat> um, we should. I want to transition over to some fun, flirty, faggot things. Oh, I it love can't all be serious. Exactly. Thing. We should be like a little faggoty. Because you know? that's actually what this episode is about criticizing from within. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Also, so Michael's newly in love, which <gasps> is a fabulous faggoty thing to celebrate. I hate that you would do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really proud of you yeah. as someone who is also repulsed by love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a big step for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, becoming fully human. Yeah, I've shed my uh, exoskeleton yeah. of you know that thing in um, you know the devil basically in Fantasia. Yeah, that's of me. Of course, Elliot would be attracted to. Oh, I'll show you, and it's you'll been, get horny. It's been a long time. Yeah. That's me. He has like a very long, jaggedy cape. Uh-huh. There's lots of little skeletons playing around him. Oh, I'm hard already. That's, That's me. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I have lots of little mini skeletons. Now that you say that, closet. I don't want you to lose that. So. 
Yeah. Break up with that dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beasts all around. Um, I'm so happy for you boys. Newly in love. That's oh, shut really up. Cute. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen. Look. <clears throat> okay, let's play some fun games, yeah. shall we? Let's Absolutely. Some faggot games. Some faggot games. We have some faggot questions for you. This is our quoffing round. Yeah. It's the queer version of a lightning round. Okay. Um, a quoff is, is of course, a fart from your penis. Yes, this is our penis fart question round. Uh, <laughs> it's lightning, but you can take as long as you want because we're queer. Because you can like also like destabilize from within the system. Yeah. Tom, do you want to go Lightning first? Lightning or mist? It could be it could be a mist round. Like yeah, are these just for me? Or are you guys answering too? No. Oh, they're for you. They're for you. Yeah, you're on the spot. Uh, what's your pronoun? Him, he. What's your favorite swear word? Fuck. What's your favorite body part? The back of a neck. Oh, good one. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? <laughs> I can't do that. I don't. Uh, what's your favorite movie that you've seen recently? Um, Parasite, Uncut Gems, There Will Be Blood is one of my favorites of all time, and A Serious Man, too. Agree. Very good. I agree. A Serious Man. Oh, fuck. That movie fucked me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's mm. your favorite mythical creature? I don't have one. What's your favorite noise? The shower turning on. Oh. oh. I like that. As a filthy pig, though, I'm, like, I'm afraid of Yeah, that I'm not noise. sure I like that either as a fellow <laughs> filthy pig. Pig daddy. Um, what... Who, oh, who's your celebrity crush? Troy Savon. Oh, God. you twink luster, <laughs> shocking Jesse. I just—that's the real—that's the real scandal from this episode. <laughs> How much you love twinks? Um, who is your queer icon? Maybe Troy Savon. <laughs> yes. um, you oh, can think penetrate your queer icon if you want. To. No, it's sorry, no, no, no. Oh, I was gonna say Frank Ocean, but actually, it's not. Okay. It's not. No. You um, want to just DP Troy then? What Whoa. do... Oh, I would watch that. What do you wish you knew more about? Um, uh, myself. Oh, oh, I like that. Oh, you've come to the right place. <laughs> we'll get into this after. <laughs> what would your friend say is your best quality? Uh, my sarcasm and wit. What are you most grateful for? Health. What do you hate about straight culture? The lie that they're all happy. <laughs> Yes. What's your queer superpower? Not taking myself as seriously as straight people take themselves. Um, what is your biggest queer fear? Finding continued and sustained love. And look at you now. Oh, look at you now. But like in a continuous, like I, I don't mean sure. just like. You're cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I love that for you. Yeah. I lo- Yeah. Okay. All right. And what's your queer mantra? You don't own, you don't own, you don't own, let's dark. You don't owe anyone anything. Yes. I love that. Okay. I was going to say you don't own anyone anything. And that's also, that's also, also, also a thing. Yeah. I do need to hear that. Do you need but, to hear uh, that? Both of those are things. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, uh, not in a literal owning way and like yeah. a um, like emotional. They don't owe you anything. Yeah. That's I think. literally what you said. Yeah. I used to have to time. take it back to a weird creative <laughs> moment. I used to have an old creative director who both of his parents were divorce lawyers and he was raised by two divorce lawyers wait were they married and they were married yeah (laughs) and he like consistently he would tell me he would say basically every day i tell my wife that i choose for her to be in my life on a daily basis because that's that's what it means for me right i choose to have her in my life every day right as an aquarius that resonates with me because i can just get up and walk away whenever i want so you're such a fucking demon all of you aquariuses listen if you're an aquarius listening Get your shit together. Don't be. Have some empathy. If What's your moon? Change. Uh, Sagittarius. No, no, I'm saying to Aquarius in general. Oh. Anyway. Your 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 moon's what? Sagittarius. Fire. Is it? Mischievous fire. Ooh, I didn't even need more to hear out of that. touch with reality though. Um Sages are very mischievous. Ter- I used to have I used to have tons of crushes on Sag All boys. my boyfriends have always been Sagittarius. And it's a mistake. Well we need, I to, agree. Do, we need to do a Gemini shout out too if you're gonna do an Aquarius shout out. <laughs> just literally stop. Just whatever you're doing right now, sit down and stop it. If you're altogether. a Gemini? Yeah, if you're a Gemini. Yeah, there's someone who's li- who is a Gemini who should listen and also just stop. Just just if you're on Excuse a chair. Excuse me, we're fine. If no, if you're on a chair, pull that chair out, sit on the ground. Just sit there until Do you know who's you the worst Gemini of all? Tom. No. DT. Who? Donald. Oh. Uh, the Orange Menace is a, is a Gemini. <gasps> no, I didn't need to know that information today. I That's the best thing I've ever heard. Tom, I'm going to weaponize that in little doses. Does that track? weaponize that against Doesn't me? that track? Yeah, that tracks me. Oh, God. Is Melania an Aquarius? No, she's not. You Melania. wish. No. You are not the Melania in this relationship. You'd want to be the Melania? <laughs> in this relationship, I don't want to be the 45. <laughs> I guess it's better to be like, well, she's still culpable, but 
to be held hostage than... Sure, that's a narrative I would go with, Tom, if anyone arrested us. Absolutely incorrect. Um, if anyone's Melania, it's Jesse. Yeah, that's actually... No, Jesse's Ivanka. That's worse. That is worse. Yeah. She's more insidious. My, actually, okay, fine. I'm Ivanka. He's Melania. Um, Michael, what's You're your You're Tiffany at best. Who? Oh, his daughter that no one knows about. Yeah. I literally said who. That's yeah. like, who knows who this person know. is. Tiff sounds fun. Uh, yeah, Michael, what's your sign? I'm an Aries. Oh, you fiery sun. bitch. I'm an Aries sun. I'm a Virgo moon. And my Libra or my rising is Libra, which I don't really know too much about that. But mm. basically it means I'm very emotionally calculative and I like to play things out in advance in my head and make assumptions. But I do have a lot of the um, spontaneity energy of a fire sign. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. And you're not afraid of anything. That's yeah. That No, that's the appearance. That's what it right, is. Okay, like right. I think there's signs who are like actually not afraid of other things. Aries is like we put on the appearance of no fear but and you're no gonna shame. keep talking until everyone thinks that you're absolutely yeah, like exactly. we will convince you until we're blue in your face and you're yeah. just unbothered this has been you're... gay horoscope corner well, yeah because you're a fantasia dancing satan right yes to come so back it, to it all it tracks out um we should just maybe shift over corners there's a beautiful being uh sitting over tom's shoulder um jesse would you mind just putting the spotlight on this beautiful entity so michael can get a better look i thought you were gonna have this queued up for us well you need to turn it on and then wait yes perfect yeah michael michael what do you see before you something from a wes anderson movie <laughs> in in the most basic terms how but, does she um, make you feel yeah what does she look like like can describe to the view she like, the makes viewers, me feel like a mid-50s small recently divorced and by recently in her mind it's like two years um, mm-hmm. High school art teacher. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And basically, she has a very high registered but soft voice. Um, she probably is from, she's either a first generation Canadian or a second generation Canadian from a former Soviet bloc country. Yeah. 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 You were going there. And um, she loves Afghans because maybe her mother had them imported from the East when she was younger. And Afghans like help shield her from. The horrors from trauma, from trauma. emotional trauma yeah. of working in a uh, from being in a relationship with an Aries, <laughs> <laughs> from working in a secondary institution every day in the province of Ontario under the current administration. Here, fucking here, <laughs> that's literally perfect. Um, you nailed it. Bang bang. Pamela feels seen. Actually, yeah, so. it's oh. the first time I've ever seen her feel seen. Me too. There's I don't a name. Like it. There's a name. Pamela. Yeah, it's oh, Pamela. Okay. Yeah, that's Pam. Uh, the Pamela. holy and revered Pamela Anderson. Pamela is um, a very Romanian Pam. name to me, but we'll go with it. Pam- Pamelania? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Pamelu. Okay, so we like to end every episode with a, a double rainbow, which simply means something nice that's happened either in the last day or week or hour or year. Who cares? Cute. Um, Tom, uh, do you want to go first? Uh, no, I'm unprepared. I'm unprepared too, but I can talk until I think of something. Um, today, I... I started transcribing interviews that I did during my pilot research in New York from that like from last summer. summer. Yeah. And A, it made me realize that my project is a lot further along than I thought it was. And I don't Amazing. know why I didn't start oh, good. this. If anyone from my class is listening, pretend I started this months ago. Um, <laughs> and B, it's really weird to listen to an interview of a, a time in your life that was amazing because it transported me back there in a really, really interesting way. Oh. Um, Do you have nostalgia for it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Interesting. Do you believe, though, that you could get back to that space? No, no, no. I will never try and recreate it. I will never expect that. No, but that that feeling. It will never happen again. Okay. Oh. could not. No, but that's a good thing. I feel like I'm going to be let down if I ever think I could have that feeling again. You know? I'll have a new, different feeling. Mm -hmm. But not that That will seem equally great because it's in the context of what you know. What he said. Boom. Boom. Michael, you can take over for me, actually. Um, and Jesse. <laughs> mine's a very short one. I took my boyfriend to his first Valentine's Day dinner <gasps> last week. Where'd you go? We went to Momofuku. How was that? It was great. Yeah. It was great. They So the weird little fun anecdote is when we arrived, we saw all the girls in the restaurant or a number of girls walking either out of the restaurant um, or to the washroom with single roses wrapped. And in, in my head, I'm going, oh, people probably ordered in advance like a rose for the table. I was like, that's kind of corny, but also that tracks with the straights mm-hmm. TM. Like yeah. that makes sense to me. Um, and during dinner, like there would be servers that would come over to a table and like hand one to a girl. I was like, Oh, like a lot of people have done this obviously. So we finished the meal, we get dessert. They gave us free ice cream, which was great. Even though I don't know how much I believe in eating ice cream in the minus 20 
um, Canadian winter. It's kind of crazy to me. And, and but you went for it anyway. And it was free. Like I'm not going to be yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then our server comes over and doesn't hand us one rose, but hands us two Adorbs. and puts it down. And then we kind of look at each other and we chuckle and we're like, oh, she just literally didn't know. She, what to do? She literally in a in a, in, yeah. a in a but also we're like this is the this is the gift version of we don't know which one is the girl. Yeah. I wonder if it was our friend who's serving. I know. Was it a girl with um she was blonde? No, no, not a friend. No. Um can you imagine <laughs> We're not if, friends with any blondes, so moving on. <laughs> imagine if you just gave the rose back and you're like, "Oh no, I'm I'm a top. It's okay." <laughs> no, thank you. you can no, but it was great. Up. I was like, "Oh, we got two instead of one. We're special." That's beautiful. Yeah. And then the straights start riding cuz it's not equal rights anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they got two roses. <laughs> Tom, um, what was yours? Great. I mean, you just helped me with mine. I'm just going to piggyback off of you. Absolutely. You're such a piggy. Thing. Get off his back. You Here think. I am. Oink, oink. I took my boyfriend to his first Valentine's dinner. <gasps> yeah. What'd wow. you do? Uh, we went to Barrow. It was great. It was nice. Um, we got fucking wasted, um, which was great too. And then maybe the best part of the night was afterwards we went to go throw darts and make out, which <gasps> was so trashy. And Is throw darts a euphemism? Uh, uh, in this case, no. no. But that was later on. But that was later on. Um, yeah, I was confused because your your caption on Instagram was like bullseye. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't get the context for all, but that's adorable. Well, when I did, I was wasted when I captioned it, and I thought I was being clever only to myself, and that yeah. was the case. Jesse was like, they must be at this bar, which, <laughs> yeah. It took a while to figure out. Tom, I'm so happy for you. Michael, I'm so happy for you. That's, yes. Yeah, all right. Wow. Yeah. Wow, what a positive note to end on. Fine. Thank you guys so much for having me on the pod. Thank you Thanks so much for, for coming. coming. I'm a long-time listener. I'm very enlightened. Oh, yeah. stop. First time caller. First time caller. Yeah. Um, thanks you for Future your Future stalker. Perfect. I, I feel like I learned a lot, and you're so fucking well-spoken and smart. And Thank you. I needed that this worthy. week. It's not worthy. That's true. Yeah. We're just, we're just going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Is it okay if we just leave you to keep talking? As an Aries, I would love that. <laughs> Fantastic. That's the new show, folks. It's hours long. Um, well, Michael, until we hear you again on Dickwick, um, thanks from the bottom of our queer hearts. Thanks for the bottom of my butthole. Thank you. See you all next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Do you queer? 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 Do you que